Hi, Bob. How are you? <laughs> and uh, we're ready to go with Insight Peterborough. And uh, that's the normal thing we do on Monday at this time from 4 to 5 p.m. And uh, Devin, I think we should start off by wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. What do you think? Yeah, well, we can do that, or we can do that at the end, too. Yeah. So, um, anyway, welcome to Insight Peterborough, everybody. It's uh, a project of the Canadian Council of the Blind, the local chapter of uh, the CCB. And uh, if you want to find out more about the CCB, uh, you can uh, email ccbpeterborough at gmail.com, ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Uh, well, I know you talk about the Canadian Council of the Blind. Yep. And I'm always curious as how do they uh, relate with the Canadian National Institute of the Blind, the CNIB? Well, CNIB is an agency uh, and it provides services. Uh, we provide uh, peer support and uh, a little bit of advocacy where necessary and uh, lots of recreation. Well, that is... And uh, CNIB is... They used to employ a lot of blind people, but they don't much anymore. Um, instead, they're, they're sighted people. And uh, we're at the CCB. We're either um, totally blind or partially sighted or deafblind. So uh, we speak for ourselves, and uh, uh, we like the uh, opportunity to do that. And uh, it's local? The CCB is local? Well, we have our local chapter, yes, uh, but it's national. So okay. uh, several, many cities across Canada have their own uh, chapters. All right. But yeah. That also includes Peterborough, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Keep that clear, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. I'm not uh, uh, thinking so strongly because, you know, uh, I have been to the uh, CNIB uh, when they had their amateur radio program. Yeah. And I've been to the CNIB because sometimes uh, this, when I belonged to the Scarborough Club, we did things with the CNIB. Yeah. So I was always curious as to how the Canadian Council of the Blind and the CNIB sort of interact? Yeah, uh, we uh, interact with our, our own office here in Peterborough, and they send people to us that um, are newly blinded and are looking for some uh, mostly uh, peer support. Um, you know, they can ask us questions and, well, how do you do this and how do you cope with that sort of thing? And uh, so uh, we appreciate uh, them sending um, newly blinded people to us because it means that they can find out that blindness doesn't have to mean total immobility uh, and that sort of thing. We can show them how to have fun and how to cope. Um, just by various questions that they might ask. Uh, it's nothing really formal, you know. It's just uh, um, during the course of, of the meeting or uh, whatever fun we're having at the time, um, they, uh, they might ask a question and find out something from us. 
And I, I believe that uh, this program, Insight Peterborough, is uh, well received with the Canadian Council of the Blind. Uh, yeah, it seems to be. Um, I only know of one other chapter that does it, uh, does something like that, and that's in Ottawa. Now, I, it may be that there are lots of chapters across the country that do it, but um, as far as I know, uh, only one other chapter has a radio show like this, and then only other, uh, only one chapter that I know that does from the blind for the blind, like a, a swap of, uh, of uh, devices that you no longer need, or if you need something, you can say to us, do you happen to have, uh, I need a stronger uh, magnifying glass, or, or I need this or that, and, and if we have it, we'll uh, loan it to you on a permanent uh, loan basis. Uh, and uh, if not, we'll help you try to find somewhere else that might have something like that. Well, but, the, one, uh, the one thing here is that uh, we have here this uh, community radio here at uh, Trent, Trent Radio, and uh, we can use that facility for giving information to the people that maybe have some kind of a handicap somewhere, maybe blindness, maybe deafness, whatever. Yeah, uh, well, certainly that's what we want to do. We want to reach out to anyone and everyone that has some information that they want to pass along. And uh, if you have questions, by all means, you can uh, email insightpeterborough at com. And uh, if we don't know the answers, we'll find out and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit, a little bit about the program we've got going today. All right. Well, this is the last show uh, until after Christmas. So we've got lots of Christmas music to play for you. <laughs> and then um, uh, next we're going to uh, hear a, uh, a uh, interview or at least a podcast that we aired uh, before. But uh, I find that uh, people are finding um, the touch screens kind of uh, irritating and, uh, you know, not quite knowing what to do with the, with the touch screens. Are you talking about the so-called smartphone? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. or Android, you yeah. know, phones as well. Um, but uh, so anyway, I came across a, a phone and a, a podcast on a, on a phone called the Blind Shell phone, not blind cell phone, but blind shell phone. And uh, so I thought we could uh, listen to that again. And then after a little more Christmas music, uh, I spoke with Wendy Campbell from uh, Pet Value yesterday afternoon. And if you're looking for toys for your guide or service dog or your pet dog, um, Wendy has some ideas to pass along. Okay. So let's begin with Jeff Healy. Uh, Jeff Healy went to the same school in Brantford that uh, I did, but uh, years after I did, about the time of John Morris. He, uh, John knew uh, Jeff Healy. And uh, I think he's going to sing something about Santa, isn't he, Bob? Well, it says, Santa, bring me my 
baby. <laughs> All right, so here's Jeff Healy. I don't need a lot of presents to make my Christmas bright. I just need my baby's arms around her, around me tight. Oh, Santa, here I might please. Santa, bring my baby back to me. Santa, bring my baby back to me. The Christmas tree is ready. The candles are aglow. But with my baby far away, what the good is a mistletoe? Oh, to talk about a phone specifically created for the blind and visually impaired. That's the Blind Shell Classic Phone. Hi everyone, it's Carrie from Live Accessible and as I mentioned before, today we're going to be talking about the Blind Shell Classic Phone which is specifically made for the blind and visually impaired. It's completely accessible and it has auditory and verbal feedback as well as large print. It's really easy to use and it's a really great option for those looking for an easy and accessible solution. But hey, if you're new here, welcome to the channel. We do videos on technology, tips, resources, and encouragement for people who are blind, visually impaired, and sighted supporters. So please subscribe and hit the bell for more videos like these. So here's the phone, and thank you to Blindshell for sending me a phone to review. In the box, it comes with a phone, of course, as well as a charger and a pair of headphones, a quick start guide, some QR code stickers for the object tagging, which I'll explain a bit later on, so it has a 2.8 inch TFT display, which you can actually turn off like the screen curtain for iPhone and the dim screen for Android, which is pretty neat. And you can do that in the setting. So below the screen, it has these physical buttons, which are really tactile. And it's kind of like this candy bar, older style phone. It's approximately 5.2 inches high by 2.2 inches wide by three quarters of an inch thick. 
So I have the red version and it is red on the back. It actually has this really nice texture on the back. It's plastic, but it's textured, so it doesn't pick up fingerprints as much, even though I can't really see the fingerprints anyway. <laughs> it is smaller than the smartphones that we have today, but it feels just right in the hands. It feels really nice, actually. You can definitely use this with just one hand and reach all the buttons. It comes with four gigs of internal storage and you can use it with a micro SD card. It has Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and GPS. It has voice control, voice dictation, speed dial, internet radio, FM radio, a camera where you can add voice descriptions of all your photos, an SOS button on the back. You do have to set it up, of course, before you use it. It has alarm, timer, stopwatch, calendar, notes, voice recorder, calculator, weather, dictionary, email, music, and a book player, color identifier, localization where it can tell you where you are, and object tagging. You can use these stickers that it comes with, put them on an object you want to label, and you can make audio labels, scan them with your phone, and once you get to that item, you can scan it, and it will play back what you recorded as a voice label for that object. This is really similar to the pen friend and the label wand and things like that, which can be very helpful. And of course, you can call and text your contacts. So let me just describe and explain the layout of the phone. So the screen is on top of the front and below that is a keyboard. And so there's a four directional keypad and there's the OK button in the middle, and then the top left, there's the volume down, and the top right, volume five. it's the volume up. The button below the volume down, which is the second button on the left, is the call button, or it's another OK button, and the button under the volume up button on the right is the end call or the back button. Below those buttons is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and then star, zero, pound. And on the top edge is where you can find the headphone jack as well as the charging port. And it uses a micro USB cable. At the bottom edge is um, some holes where you can attach a loop or a lanyard on it in case you want to put it around your neck or your wrist or something like that. There are no buttons on the left side and no buttons on the right side. It does come with the battery out of the case. It's pretty easy to uh, put in. You just pull it the back up. Here's the battery. You can pull the battery out and you can put your SIM and a micro SD um, under the battery. You can feel some springs in the inside part of the phone in the battery compartment on the bottom. And if you feel around the battery, you can feel the contacts so that you can orient where to put the batteries in. So I'm gonna put them back and put the cover back on it just clicks into place and to power it on you just press and hold the end call button or the back button and it says blind shell and it does a little chime for you which is which is really cute 
and it takes you straight to the menu. So a lot of these buttons have one function when you press them once um, and then a different function when you press and hold them. It's really easy and intuitive um, once you're on the main screen then you press the left and right arrows to go through the menu. Messages to contacts three of nine more applications four of nine settings five of nine information about state six of nine manual seven of nine no missed events eight of nine turn off the phone nine of nine call one of nine if you want to select something just press the ok button in the middle of the directional keypad or you can also press the call button it's another confirm button which is under the volume down button so i'm going to press the middle and again it'll take you to another menu and then you can scroll through the menu just using the left and right arrows to exit you can press the end call button or the back button. If you press this button once, it'll go back one screen, and if you press and hold it, it'll take you back to the main menu. Call one of nine. You can change the voice and speed in the settings, and you can also change the color scheme. I personally like the white on black, but they have different color options and sizes to choose from. And you can also choose if you want icons or just text, or if you want the icons and text which is how it is right now. There's also a simplified mode if you want to try that out and you can change all these and more in the settings. So if you noticed while I was scrolling through the menu it tells you Call one, of nine. one of nine. So it tells you what number it is in the list of items on the menu and you can actually use this as a shortcut so say I wanted to go to other applications and I knew just by experience that it is number four in the list so I can press number four More applications, four of nine. and then I can press the OK button Tools, one of four. and that helps because you can do things a lot faster just by using the shortcuts. But another option that you can do is use the voice control, which I really like. You can press and hold one of the volume buttons and just talk. I listen after a beep. Open alarms. Opening alarm. New alarm, one of one. So it just takes you straight to the application that you want, and this works for calling, for messaging, for all sorts of things, opening calendar or making an event and a lot more. If you press and hold this when you're in a text field, well let's go to notes. So I listen after a beep. Open notes. Opening notes. Add note one of two. So I'm going to add a note. I'll press the OK button. Text. And now it just says text, so I'm going to press and hold the uh, volume button. Hello, this is just a test. Hello, this is just a test. So it vibrates to let me know that it recognized what I was saying and then I press the OK button and it inputs the text and reads it back to me. If you ever want to repeat what it said, you can press the down arrow. Text. Hello, this is just a test and it will repeat it for you. If you want to hear what time it is or the battery or things like that, the date maybe, you can use voice control but you can also press the up arrow. 1706, Tuesday, July 2nd, 2019, 1 of 5. And then you can press the left and right arrows for more information like Wi-Fi state, connected, signal strength, 
network battery state, 18%, 405. Another really cool thing is with the camera. So I'm going to open the camera with voice control. I listen after a beep. Open camera. Opening camera. So it's beeping to let me know that it's ready to take a picture. So let's just take a picture of the box. So you can press the OK button. Save image, one of two. And press the OK button again to save the image. Record a short description now. This is a picture of the Blind Shell Classic Phone box. Image has been saved. Camera images, one of two. So if I go into the camera images, Image one of eight. This is a picture of the blind shell classic phone box. It will play the voice description that I created when I took the picture, which I think is really cool because, you know, a lot of the time when you're blind or visually impaired, you might not remember what that picture is. And so having that um, auditory description is very, very helpful. So those are the highlights of the phone. And so what are my thoughts? Well, first, let's talk about a few places where I'd like to see improvement. First, I'd like to see a better screen, um, maybe an OLED or an LCD screen that just will help improve the contrast. Also, a better camera never hurts and it would definitely help for the color reader. But with all that said, this is a really great option for people who aren't very tech savvy or don't quite want to jump onto a smartphone or for seniors or for just people in general who want something that's simple and easy to use. I will say that I love the combination of having buttons as well as voice control. I think that's a really great mix for people who are blind or just people in general. Technology has gone so far and there's so much accessibility when it comes to smartphones, but <laughs> there's nothing like pressing a physical button. It just, there's just something about that. I wasn't able to test the calling or the messaging, things that had to do with the mobile network because I do not have a SIM for this. It's officially launching for the NFB convention from July 7th to 12th. And if you're interested or if you want more information, definitely go to the Blind Shell website, which I will link below. And if you do end up getting this phone or if you know somebody who has this phone, leave a comment down below and share your experience. I'd love to hear from you guys. And if you like this video, give it a thumbs up below and don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell for more videos on how you can live accessible. Thanks for watching and we'll see you in the next one. Hi there. Okay, there I am. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I'm sorry, I don't have the uh, website just uh, right at hand, but uh, if you want it, then uh, by all means, uh, send an email to uh, insightpeterborough.gmail.com and I'll try to find it for you. Um, if you uh, were to search Blind Shell, uh, you know, you went to Google and searched Blind Shell, B-L-I-N-D-S-H-E-L-L, -L, I'm sure you'd be able to find it as well so that you could actually take a look, if you can, you could take a look at the uh, at the video. And it does have uh, buttons, um, which is nice. I, I now have an 8S or S8, whatever they call those things. And um, I, I think the uh, 
you know, it doesn't have buttons. It has just the touch screen, which I don't know whether I'm getting too old or whatever, but I don't manage it very well. And I probably should have gotten something like the blind shell. However, you never know what I might do in the future. Well, Carolyn, I still have flip phones. Oh, yeah. Well, those are all right, too, you know. If they work uh, for you, that, that's uh, what you should do. All right. Um, we have some more Christmas music for you. And this one is local in that it is uh, by Frank Leahy. And, of course, the Leahy family is well-known in the, these parts because yeah. they're from Lakefield. Lakefield, yes. And uh, they do a lot of uh, different musical uh, entertainment venues. Yes, they do. And uh, whenever we go to the Bob Cajun fiddle and uh, step dance uh, <laughs> yeah. contest, there are a lot of the Leahy family there either playing the fiddle and or doing uh, step dancing, yep, so yeah. they're a very, very talented And they usually family. come out uh, quite well uh, with the trophies. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. So, and the other thing uh, that I wanted to pass along, which you may not know, is that uh, Frank Leahy recorded a Christmas album, and that's where this is from, uh, playing a, a fiddle that was... Uh, given to him, uh, given, sold, whatever, but anyway, he uh, now um, has it, um, from Don Messer. And, Don Messer's fiddle. Yes. Wow. So if, if you uh, know the name Don Messer, he was a very famous Canadian fiddler and uh, passed CBC away. On CBC for years. Oh, yes. Radio and television. Yes. Passed away much too young. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Fortunately, we still have some of his uh, programs, but this particular Christmas CD was recorded uh, using Don Messer's fiddle, and uh, we have a couple of selections by Frank Leahy from that album, and this one is O Holy Night. That's it.
Christmas has come. Snow is falling and the kids are having fun. It's a time to be thankful, a time we can share. So gather together, show that we care. Let's sing an old-time Christmas song, just like we used to sing when we were young. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Why don't we sing along? Why don't we sing along? The year's almost through, and those old familiar songs—they sound so new. It's a time to remember that Jesus was born in a faraway place. On that first Christmas morn, let's sing an old-time Christmas song, just like we used to sing when we were young. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Why don't we sing along? Why don't we sing? All is calm, all is bright. Why don't we sing along? Why don't we sing along? Let's sing an old-time Christmas song, just like we used to sing when we were young. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Why don't we sing along? Why don't we sing along? Let's sing an old-time Christmas song, just like we used to sing when we were young. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Why don't we sing along? Why don't? All right, and that was uh, Terry Kelly with, uh, um, what was the name of that, Bob? Christmas is coming? Old, Old Time, time Christmas? Christmas Song. Okay, yeah. And before that, we had Frank Leahy. Wow, Frank Leahy, wow. Yeah, he sure plays. Some, uh, plays some talent, show. right? That's for sure, you bet. And uh, Terry, I have met, he is from uh, the Halifax area, didn't go to school uh, up here in Brantford at the School for the Blind, but he did go to the Halifax School for the Blind when it was open. So, uh, and I had the uh, opportunity and pleasure to meet him at a conference. Uh, I think he was the keynote speaker. So, Bob, I know that you have, uh, you and Carol have a little Pooch, do you get Dutchie, him? Little Dutchie, yeah. Dutchie, do you get him Christmas presents? 
Normally we get him a doggy bone, you know, a milk bone, something like that. He has a couple of toys. Mm -hmm. He has his own little uh, dog to play with. <laughs> and he has a smaller little lamb that squeaks. And any time it squeaks, it really does scare him. <laughs> yeah, some of them have uh, quite shrill squeak things inside, squeakers inside them. So I, I got the idea, um, and this is uh, going to play again on Spotlight on Assistance Dogs, which is another program I do for people who use guide hearing and service dogs. Uh, but I, I've thought, well, you know, there are there's a number of people in this area who have uh, an assistance dog of some kind, a guide hearing your service dog, so they might like to hear the interview as well, especially if they haven't bought any Christmas presents, if they intend to. I know I intend to buy something for Frankie. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, otherwise, I'd hear about it on uh, Christmas morning, um, and I will have the opportunity to uh, do that when... I go down on Friday to um, uh, get uh, Frankie a, a bath and a grooming. Um, but anyway, uh, I thought that uh, we would talk Wendy Campbell and I, who is the groomer there at uh, Pet Value. I thought that um, uh, we might chat a little bit about toys that are appropriate to various breeds so that uh, if you out there have a uh, an assistance dog of some kind. And you know, uh, Bob, some of the hearing dogs are fairly small because they get people's attention um, sometimes by pawing or jumping up on the person. That's Dutchy. <laughs> you know, if someone who is deaf, for example, is sleeping and the dog wants their attention to... Uh, so that they uh, find out what's going on, then uh, they will jump up on the uh, person. And so uh, they tend to use smaller dogs. And I think the diabetes alert dogs uh, tend to be a little smaller too, so that uh, the dog can jump up on the person and say, hey, I, I'm not liking the smell of your breath. You better wake up and get up while you can and and go uh, test your blood sugar. That's I think with uh, Dutchie, he comes to just wake me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I know Frankie does too, when he thinks I should be up and giving him breakfast. But I usually get wakened with a toy stuck in my face. <laughs> All right. Slimy, you know, that sort of thing. Anyway, so I thought it might be a good idea to um, chat with Wendy Campbell, the groomer at uh, Pet Value, about um, toys that are appropriate to various breeds. So I wonder, I wonder if she has any of those squeaky toys. Oh, I'm sure she does. <laughs> <laughs> so here's our chat. So welcome to the program, Wendy. Thanks for doing this with us. You're welcome. Happy to be here. 
Now, you're a groomer, but I know that you know a lot about uh, dog toys and that sort of thing. And I should mention that Pet Value is the uh, store that uh, sponsors the um, annual Walk for Dog Guides for Lions Foundation of Canada each year. So um, I thought it might be interesting if we kind of uh, explored some of the toys for um, do you think, for example, that um, there are toys that are more appropriate to certain breeds? Absolutely. Yep. Um, the toys are made um, stronger or softer, um, and then according to a small dog to a large dog, their biting or chewing habits are different, and so they definitely need a different style toy. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my first dog, uh, guide dog, was a um, golden retriever, and they're a fairly big dog, as you know, but I was surprised when uh, she took so well to a fluffy frisbee. I don't know what you really call those things, but uh, she used to go to sleep sucking on that thing. Is that unusual? Um, no, they, um, a lot of the fluffier toys, they find them to be a comfort. Um, some dogs might do the same type of thing with a blanket. So um, there are toys made um, for that purpose that the fluffy teddy bears um, and, some, uh, and that type of thing that um, the dogs find that a comfort. So um, they'll become attached to that specific toy. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't go for all dogs in that particular breed, does it, eh? No, they, definitely not. It's all individual. Some dogs uh, prefer a harder toy, and that's the toy they carry around all the time, and other dogs, it's a, a fluffy toy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the toys that my current dog has is one that um, it uh, it doesn't really squeak when you roll it but it uh, it does make noise almost like uh, someone uh, speaking but he doesn't seem to play with that a lot do you find that um, that uh, that is a popular toy um again every the toys that uh, the squeakers are meant to keep the dog interested mm -hmm. the same with these other style toys that do make a sound it's to help the dog um, help keep the dog interested in promote play. Um, so again, it depends on the dog. I myself have a Canon Terrier who will carry a ball, but he will not go and get it. Um, so it just depends on, on every dog because they all have their own personality and what attracts them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so do you think it's a, a case of a trial and error? Oh, absolutely. Um, when you get a dog and you start getting different toys, you'll be um, purchasing different styles of toys and ones that are that make sound and one that that don't just to find what interests your your pet the most yeah. and um, to promote play or comfort or chewing and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. My current dog has a, a hedgehog, I guess it is. Uh, he has had a, a hippopotamus, <laughs> and uh, it makes a sound very similar to a pig, and he absolutely loves it. Yep, and that, again, is a different type of sound than just a squeaker. Yeah. And so that is a type of noise that is definitely interests your dog, 
over um, uh, other types of toys. So again, that's that's why he's more interested in something different, and, and that's a sound that kind of piques his interest the most. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now the the toys that you get in in a stocking are they more for the smaller breeds? Um, they make stockings now um, for all size dogs. Um, for the Christmas season, so you'll get the smaller toys for those tiny little dogs, and then they have larger stockings with some of the bigger um, toys uh, geared towards the larger dogs that chew more and have a bigger bite, for sure. Ah, okay, because I remember getting a, a stocking, and even my golden retriever, who is a very gentle dog, in uh, one of the toys in the stocking was a hot dog. And uh, in uh, 10 minutes, it was a pile of chips of rubber on or whatever it's made of on the floor. Absolutely. So when you get um, items like that, it's good to check them out. Are they um, the type of toy and durable enough for your pet? Um, Any of those types of toys, again, you shouldn't leave your pet unattended while they are using them um, just for that reason because you don't want the dog to ingest any of the pieces. Um, But again, you need to uh, kind of test the toys out yourself, make sure, because you get to know what, what your dog likes and what durability of toy you need mm-hmm. um, for them so that that doesn't happen. Is there a danger with uh, tug toys like ropes and that sort of thing? Um, there can be. Again, um, you shouldn't leave a pet unattended with a rope toy. Um, you can, um, they can come apart if the dog's left to work on it for the day. Um, especially in a crate or if you create your dog during the day, you shouldn't leave that type of toy in there because they could get it apart and have the strands loose and mm-hmm. try to eat them. Now, the tug toys are great for when you're interacting with your dog to play uh, tug of war and um, get some of that energy out of them. Um, they're good as a de- dental. They're good for teeth. But, again, you just don't want to leave them unattended with the, with the toy because it, it could come apart. Should you leave a, a dog alone with uh, the uh, Nyla bone type toys? Um, again, some of those bo- uh, bones are good. You just need to make sure that it's the proper toughness. They do make different degrees of toughness of that uh, type of bone um, for your dog. To, and you need to make sure that it's, um, your dog doesn't get chunks off it. Because if your dog's getting chunks off it, you need something a little bit more durable. Uh-huh. But um, some people do without a problem, for sure. And what do you think of those, uh, I think they call them sterilized uh, beef bones that have the hole in the middle? Um, Again, those types of things I would, um, under supervision, um, because you want to make sure that, again, um, they have had cases where dogs get their jaw, the bone caught over their jaw. Um, But you need to, it can happen with anything, so you just need to make sure that they're um, supervised and when you take that, away from the pet um, and not leave it with them necessarily for the day. Uh, Something more solid without a hole in the middle would be better. Yeah, do you have any suggestions if uh, someone had to leave their dog for several hours? Do you have any suggestions as to toys? Absolutely. Um, There's different, again, Nylabone has different toughness. So again, depending on the size of your dog, um, they, there's different types of the natural bones that um, you can uh, give to your pet that are durable. Again, you get to know your dog, and if they can get any pieces off that, you just want to be careful. 
um, in leaving that with them for too long. Um, the, there's uh, the type of toys you can put treats in to keep them occupied. That's to help keep them busy while you're away, make some work to get the treat out. Um, you can get the types of toys that um, you can put a bit of peanut butter or something in for the same purpose. They're a hard rubber. Um, and again, it's just to keep the dog interested and busy, especially for dogs that may have separation anxiety, it gives them something to do while you're out. So are, are there um, particular toys that you recommend for people with, with uh, bigger dogs, uh, say, that are coming in to you for the first time, they've just got a guide or a service dog, are, are there particular toys that you would recommend that they give a try? Um, yep, definitely. Um, any uh, stuffed toys are great um, for play. Um, a good ball, um, a good uh, ball the size for your pet is perfect um, to throw and play fetch. Um, and then um, a, I'm always going to say a good Kong toy <laughs> is always good um, mm -hmm. or a toy that you can, of hard rubber that you can put a little bit of something in to keep them busy is always good. Yeah, and so would you, if you put something into the toy, would you take that out of their regular meat, meal time allowance? Absolutely. Any treats that you give your pet, you should always adjust their meal time accordingly just to make sure that they don't become weight, overweight over time. All right. Is there anything else that I've missed that you might want to pass along about uh, toys for Santa to bring? Uh, yes, there's um, good dental toys out there for the dental health of the pet. And um, again, just uh, any uh, treats are always great. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're leaving your dog, if, if you're giving your a dog a, a toy, you should maybe try to be around if you can to, to kind of, yeah, supervise. Yeah, absolutely. Always supervise them when they have their toys so you know how they interact with them. Yeah. All right. Uh, unless you have anything else, I think that's it. No, that's great. Okay, Devin. Okay, thanks very much for doing this, Wendy. No problem. Have a great day.
that was the singing dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Any dogs that we know? Uh, no, no, they're uh, actually, uh, I think it's American, an American group. I'm not exactly sure, but... Uh, anyway, it wasn't Frankie or Dutchie. No. <laughs> <laughs> but dogs uh, barking along to Jingle Bells. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have only a few uh, songs by them. I'd love to get uh, some more. And so that that would be fun. You like that kind of music? I do, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. So um, what are your plans for Christmas, Bob? Are you staying home? Well, normally, and I think it's going to be uh, something we're going to do again this year, is to go down and uh, visit my sister in Trenton. The, usually the whole family gets together, either at her home or a relative home, relative's home, uh, uh, either Trenton or Belleville. And it's uh, <laughs> sometimes up to 16 or more people. Wow. So it's a uh, buffet uh, style usually, although not always. And of course, uh, my, my sister, Marion, loves to cook. But uh, cooking for that many people, it's all hands on deck. Oh, there you go. Sure. How about you? Um, I'm going to Ottawa, and uh, I have three sisters who live there now, so I will be uh, visiting with them for a few days and uh, catching up on family things and that sort of stuff, but I expect I shall be back uh, before the new year, and uh, so it'll be fun. Do you think that Santa will find you in Ottawa? I always make sure that he knows where I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. A good idea. Yeah. I, um, when I lived in uh, the Collingwood area, um, I've been in Peterborough eight, almost eight years now, but um, the amateur radio operators there did a uh, Santa net every year, and uh, uh, I used to gather a lot of the... Uh, children with uh, disabilities together, and um, we used to let them talk to Santa. And uh, one year before that happened, uh, I said to Santa, you know, I'm a little bit worried about something. And he said, what's wrong, Devin? And I said to him, if, if we're not at home for Christmas, will you still be able to find us? And he said, don't you worry, I can find you anywhere on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's one of his talents, just that's one right. of his many talents, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, and now when, when, oh yeah, this is the last for this year, right? Yeah, yeah. And now what happens next year? Uh, well, um, by that time, I hope we'll have uh, uh, lots of guests lined up. I know one of the first things I want to do is um, January 4th is World Braille Day because that was the uh, birthday of Louis Braille. So I want to uh, kind of pull together a panel discussion about uh, Braille and what it is and how useful it still is in spite of all the uh, technical gadgets that we have and what we use Braille for and that sort of thing. So that's one of the first guests. One of the things uh, that amazed me is that uh, there are many Braille-type Bibles or Testaments. Oh, yes. Uh, 
coming right with all the different gospels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, when you hear anybody reading from Braille, it's amazing uh, the uh, the way that they can do that. Yeah, well, after so many years of using it, you you know you get to the point where you can read almost as quickly as someone with sight, sometimes more quickly than someone with sight. And the the one advantage, of course, is uh, that you don't have to turn off the or turn on the lights if you want to sneak a, a read at night. I know I used to do that a lot when I was a kid. And I just made sure that I didn't turn a page while my father was up using the washroom so he didn't hear what was happening. And uh, <laughs> he used to go downstairs and there was a, a chair uh, at the bottom of the stairs. And 90 times out of 100, he'd hit his foot, his toe, on the chair. And uh, after the expletive that came after him hitting his toe, I knew that it was safe to uh, carry on reading. <laughs> well, uh, also... Uh, don't forget that there's also the uh, audiobooks now. There's oh, more yes. audiobooks available for, well, normal people and handicapped. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're normal too. I, I should just say normal people. <laughs> handicapped, they are normal Able-bodied. people. Able bodied and people with disabilities. Those are the terms. Kind of a slip of the tongue there. Uh, I couldn't let you away with it, Bob. No, I, just I, I guess couldn't not. couldn't do it. Anyway, uh, the date now that we're back. All right, we are back January the 6th, um, which I guess is a little Christmas, or is that January yes. the 7th? No, so. uh, we always thought that uh, January the 6th was a uh, little Christmas, and that would be, in our home, the day that we took down the Christmas tree. Yes, yeah. My mother often took it down uh, New Year's Day because we used to, living on a farm in the eastern townships of Quebec as we did, we uh, used to have a real tree, and by that time she was sick of the needles on oh, the floor. Yeah. So so we uh, very often took it down on uh, New Year's Day. And the blessing now of the artificial tree, right? Yes. Now you yep. don't have to worry about needles trailing along the floor as you bring out the tree. Yeah. (laughs) Um, A friend of mine was telling me about uh, the fact that she has an artificial poinsettia that she uses, but uh, we don't uh, tend to make a lot of the artificial poinsettias because CCB, uh, this CCB chapter here in Peterborough likes to sell the real ones as a fundraiser, and uh, I think we did quite well. I had several orders uh, from PNHB and other places, and uh, I was able to uh, uh, raise a few dollars anyway for for our local chapter of the CCB. Well, you know, uh, it's time for us to actually leave. It's uh, near five. And I'm sure that there's other interesting people that really want to come in. and uh, So Merry uh, Christmas, everybody. Well, yes, and Merry Christmas to you, Devin, as well. Yes, and uh, you have a good one, Bob. Do we have time to finish with um, Frank Leahy and the Christmas jig or no? Not really. All righty. Uh, we'll say goodbye and uh, uh, have a wonderful, safe, and Merry Christmas. Indeed.